Cocktails and Cadavers, the podcast where two tipsy girls tell terrible stories, all while forcing their friends to drink and listen along. I'm Sorella, and with me today is Julie, one of my best friends since, like, first grade. Avery is at home in Minnesota for the holidays, so um, she did the Thanksgiving episode with her brothers, and now I'm doing the Christmas one. I don't have any brothers or sisters, though, so... I'm doing it with Julie and I'll settle for her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who can, and I have like such a small family in America. Like my big mm-hmm. family's in Slovakia. So I was like, I could get Lily to do it, but she works retail. So it's like, mm-hmm. I only, I will only see her on Christmas Eve and she's still working Christmas Eve. Well, so am I, but <clears throat> yeah, I was like, I'm just Julie. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so last week when we shut off the podcast, Avery and I were talking about who I was going to do, and we, I had been like, oh, we're going to do Jean Bonnet, and Avery was like, no, you, can't, you cannot do Jean Bonnet without me, and I was like, well, but that's like the perfect Christmas, not, okay, I don't want to say that, that's, that's not, not the perfect Christmas, what are you that's about? not the perfect Christmas story, but it's, a Christmas but it's she, it was like Christmas Eve or something when she died, so, um, but uh, Avery said, absolutely not, we cannot do Jean Bonnet without her, so we are doing... Um, this Japanese killer called, I said it, we've also recorded this now three times, this like intro, because um, I still don't really know how to use technology. I think we're, we've got it this time. Let's, let's hope, cross let's our hope. fingers. Like if it, if that error message comes up again, I'm sorry, we'll just. I See you know. next week. I'll transcribe it and like post it on an Instagram story or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the guy's name is Isuai Sagawa. I really did it really good the first time. You did. But uh, you're going to, maybe you'll pronounce it a little better. Yeah. Time. I feel like I call him Sagawa the rest. So, like, I got that one. His first name is I-S-S-E-I. Yeah, I don't know. Too many Yeah. Letters. So, he's a Japanese, he's like a Japanese man. Um, so, we're doing like a Japanese-inspired cocktail it's sake, champagne, mint leaves, um, juice from the lime, and then a sweetener. You can use like stevia or sugar or whatever. And it's just a sake champagne mojito. Um, the recipe will be up on our Instagram, so check that out. We'll post that on Tuesday, I think. I also switched to the page to, like, look up what we had created, and now, okay, I'm back to my recording. I'm now I'm nervous that this is the one. It's fine. Okay. It's We're okay. going. <laughs> We're on. We're live. We're okay. Keep, keep pushing through. We'll see. So, Sagawa was born in Kobe, Japan. His, like, family was very wealthy, but he was born, like, really premature, and they said, like, he could fit in the palm of his father's hand when he was born so like really premature um he so i watched this documentary on just like on youtube or whatever and he said like his parents were strict but loved him profoundly like he really said they really cared for him um but then he says they protected him too much and shielded him yeah because he was so small oh and he, he said, sense. like, he was, so. he, he's very degrading, like, when you hear interviews with him. He's like, I was so small and ugly and da 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 Like, he's very, like, self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. And so he says his parents were, like, overprotective because of that. 
Um, and then his parents had a son one year later and like another kid and they raised them as twins. Well, they're Irish twins if they're a year apart. Yeah. But like, they, that's what they're called. That's how small he was that he could be like raised mm. alongside. Oh, that he looks like. Yeah. Um, and then when his brother began to kind of outgrow him, he becomes more self-conscious of his size. And you see a picture of the family, like when they're like all grown up. And he's standing next to his mom, and then his dad is next, and then his brother's at the end. And his brother and his dad are, like, the same height and bulky. And then his mom is, like, petite and small, and then he's standing next to her. And it's, like, he looks exactly like his mom, and his brother looks exactly like his dad. And he's the older. And he's the older one. Which, did he have something else going on? Well. Because premature babies don't always stay, like. He had, like, some kind of, like, um. I wrote it down and then I didn't think it was like important, important, so I took well, it out. But I'm it's just like a—it was like a gastronomical thing, hmm. like with his intestines or whatever. So he had to like, he had like emergency surgery as a baby. Hmm. I, I'm not really sure, but he was like obsessed with his looks, always degrading himself, and because of this, he was kind of like withdrawn from kids and whatever yeah Yeah, and so he turned towards like books and make-believes and he's like considered to be very smart and he was um as a child him and his brother would put on like this play with their uncle and honestly it's really weird his uncle would like pretend to be a cannibalistic giant And then the two boys would pretend to be princes and... Slay him? No, he would cook and eat them. Mm, great ending. So, like, the, yeah, it wasn't even, like, a happy ending. I wonder if that and he would like, story. Yeah, he would, like, put Might them... folklore there or something. Yeah, he would, like, put them in a big pot and, like, cook, boil them alive or something. I'm not really sure. Um, <clears throat> so, this is important because he's a cannibal. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> definitely did not help. No, I would say. Um, so as a child, so like he had his first cannibalistic urge in first grade, real young. And he asked his teacher pretty much like, is what's the moral repercussion of eating human flesh? You asked that to a first grader? Well, is no, that no, 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 no. He asked the teacher. Oh, okay. Oh my God, can you imagine? Like, the teacher's like, what are they like, teaching in Japan? I know, they're like, so. Yeah, no, he's, he was like, I, I he probably was like, is it okay is to it eat? Normal? Is it okay to eat human flesh? And she was like, uh, no, bye. <laughs> can I get a transfer? Um, and I guess he says he first experienced it out of, out in first grade when he saw like a male's thigh but then he never wanted to cannibalize men, only women, which I thought was weird, but whatever. Um, so he believed if he ate other human beings, it would help him grow and become bigger. Oh, well, and we have, like, women have, like, that, like, layers of fat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To bear children. But so I was like, where are you going with this? Women have what? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, maybe he thought that was... But men would be, you'd think, stronger and leaner, and that would make you... Yeah, I'm not sure what he's doing, but... I um, so I mean, like, I can't understand the cannibal. So no, can't, one can't relate. One like psychologist linked this to like breastfeeding, and saying ba- babies like um, breastfeed to grow and become strong, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he just made that jump. He kind of an, yeah you know, made that um, analogy. So then, as he like went through puberty or whatever, 
before this it was just a fantasy of eating flesh and then now it was like a sexualized fantasy after he Mm. went through puberty and he was like withdrawing from classmates even more and he like could not even talk to female classmates like because he he wanted to eat them yeah he was like "Um, you are good yeah um and when he talks he always he's like um i love beautiful young women and it's like creepy yeah he's he's a creep but i feel like pubescent boys i feel like He's like fifty-eight. Well, I mean, at I the time though, when he went through puberty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean he said like that when he was older? As a kid, kid, he's like he's got pictures of girls on his wall, and he's like, not a kid, sorry. As like a man at fifty-eight, he's got pictures of girls on his walls, and he's like, beautiful he young still women. Talks like that. That. Yeah, That's I'm so like, weird. well, and he has no social relationships. Yeah. And he specifically wanted to cannibalize white women. Did they have that in like plethora there? Well, that's the reason. Is because they didn't. Oh. So he didn't see white women in person, but I guess at the time, this was like the 70s. I mean, not that people didn't travel there. Yeah, but, but he, it was like not it as common, and he would, they, I guess in Japan, they used a lot of white women in ads hmm. and like marketing, and so they were like objectified almost. Hmm. So um, he once tells a psychologist about this urge, and he like confesses everything, and the psychologist is like, you know, let's meet again we want, like I want to go through you know I probably should see you again yeah this and he get, but he gets scared and he never goes back oh, um I wonder if he went back how <laughs> it would have changed probably maybe, maybe not, not yeah so then at one point he tells his brother about wanting to eat human flesh and his brother like blows him off and it was like yeah 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 funny and like yeah, they never bring it up to, again like, like, if someone did that to me, I'd probably be like, okay. I'd probably think they're joking, but yeah. if I knew that that person was well, kind of a little weird, I'd be like, oh. When I was in college, um, so I lived with three roommates, Philip, Liza, and Alex, and Philip said uh, his, like, uncle went to Japan, and they had, like, they brought a live monkey to the table, <gasps> and it was, like, chained, and then they cut the head open and they Mom ate the alive. I think so and then they ate the brains I'm traumatized right now literally I, he I told me that the, story so many times I was okay. like stop telling me this there's story there's like an Indiana Jones like thing where they're like somewhere and they're supposed to eat monkey brain mm-hmm. I think it's like and a I delicacy thinking, I, th- I remember thinking that and it's kind of like I get that you guys eat different things, but I don't know if I can yeah. handle Especially if they were alive right in front of me. No, no thanks. I'm not it's like a that. delicacy. And he said his cousin couldn't refuse because it would have been insulting. Yeah, that's also and I was a like, thing. please stop telling me the story. But while we were talking about it, he was like, if somebody offered me human flesh and it was like and you know. procured not by like murder or whatever, he was like, oh, I would try it 100% just to say that I did and know what it, like whatever. And we were all like, no, Philip, like. No. <laughs> he was like, no, I would, because that's one thing. Like, it's so taboo. You'll never get to try it, even if you, like, like, you don't want to, but, like. The only time you would ever be able to do it is, like, if a big, like, you're stranded on an island. Yeah. And, or it's like a, yeah. And even then, I don't know. Like, no. So, we had this conversation, and I'm a vegetarian, and so he yeah. was like, you so wouldn't? And I was like, no. You're like, I don't even eat huge, like animals. Like, I don't eat nothing that. And like. he was like, well, if you were like dying and you had to. And I was like, if I'm like starving and I'm not, I wouldn't like kill somebody for to my survival. Food. Yeah. Like that's, that's not saying. fair. I, I, like if I was on the island, I don't think I would be able to like If they die naturally, then it's But what if they die naturally and they're like, that means they're even less like. Fresh. Yeah. 
don't know. Or like, even hopefully, just I'll like never be on an show. island dying. <laughs> well, all I think is Lord of the Flies. Remember? Yeah. Did you watch the movie? The movie was a little traumatizing. No, I, I never read the book. Oh. But I know like what it's about. Kind of like people being on islands and going crazy, basically. Amateur hour over here. Children, actually. Children on the island. Yeah. Preteens. I can't remember. Honestly, I just it's remember It's like their own, like, little utopia. And then it turns deadly because kids should not be involved and should not be, like, in charge of... Um, themselves. Themselves. That's the moral of every story. Like, whenever a kid wish- wishes their family away or wants to be big... Then they're always like, I want to go back where the wild things are. Uh, Tom Hanks, big... Yeah. Jimmy Neutron, the Jimmy movie. Neutron. <laughs> I, I showed that to the kids at work one time, and the girls were, like, crying when the aliens took the parents. I was like, guys, it's going to end happy. Yeah, I promise. Good. <laughs> this is just to teach you. Yeah. We want parents around. So he's, like, reaching out, which is uncommon for, like, the stereotypical Japanese man. Like, I don't want to put, like, a blanket statement on anything, but Japanese people are more, like, well, proud. Well, yeah, and there's, like collectivism culture and then like individualist and that's mm-hmm. like a part of it too is you kind yeah. of think for yourself and kind of are your own person yeah and like let's you know they talk about it in like criminal minds I, like i always related that their culture is more like machismo or something mm-hmm. is how they call it yeah. and they like believe in that gender role not all yeah obviously but they can just never how... like blanket statement anything but that's how people tend to feel. Kind of like yeah. even here in America, they still have we still have gender roles. But yeah, we're trying so to like especially that. in Japan, like family honor and success mm-hmm. and everything is like so big. Kind of like when you said that the parents were strict but loved him. Yeah, people kind of associate that with other cultures. Like yeah. their parents are strict. Yeah, and like um, so like he's reaching out and asking for help, which is uncommon. But it's kind of good. Yeah. So that means I think he knows like maybe this is kind of weird. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's questioning it, which shows some kind of remorse, maybe. Yeah. Um, There was an interview with Vice, um, I guess, where he reported as a youth he partook in bestiality with his dog. But that's weird as hell. Like, does that that. relate to? I don't think that really relates to Cam. Yeah, I don't either. He's just like a little weird man. Um, Okay, whoever's in my hallway. Uh, so at 24, he was living in Tokyo with his parents and a tall, like German woman moved into his neighborhood and he becomes obsessed with her and the idea of cannibalizing her. He follows her around for a little bit. Like he's kind of stalking her. Did you say she was old? No, she's like young. Okay. She's like a German German woman. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you say an older woman or not. (laughs) I'm just picturing it. (laughs) No, she's like a young woman, I think. And he thought she was beautiful, whatever. Mm -hmm. So he... People are texting me. He breaks into her apartment while she was sleeping, and he has the intent to cannibalize This is my, her. like, nightmare. nightmare. I do not like people in, in my, my space. space while I'm sleeping. And he says he never intended to kill her. He just wanted to slice a piece off of her and skedaddle. <laughs> yeah. And she did not feel it or yeah. flinch. Um, so he breaks in. He's wearing a plastic Frankenstein mask, mm. and he's holding an umbrella. Nice. Also, I didn't say this. He's four nine. <gasps> no, I don't like. <laughs> I hate. I'm like I. He's... That's so sad because it's like it's not anybody's fault that they're shorter. I feel like I'm not very tall, but like that just gives you more imagery of it being yes. creepy. Because that could be Although a child. She, well, I'm like 
you shouldn't be afraid of it. Like, that's why Chucky never scared me. Like, why are you afraid of a doll? But it is kind of creepy. Like, let's be honest. I mean, it's not that he'd be like, what? I'm like 5'5". He'd be at my shoulder. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're not I feel like I'm short, yeah. But he's like 4'9", Frankenstein mask umbrella hovering over you as you're sleeping. No, for you. You know what this relates for for Mm -hmm. you. Like an Oompa Loompa. Oh, I hate Oompa Loompas. If an Oompa Loompa walked in that door, I'd jump out the third floor balcony. <laughs> you always have this, like, thing. That's what it relates to me. Except it, without the orange face, it's like a green Frankenstein Just, with yeah. an umbrella. Like, that's weird to me. It's awful. So he, I guess, is, like, standing over her thinking about, okay, I'm here. Now what do I do? And he bumps into her <laughs> as oh she's gosh. sleeping. And so she wakes up and is like, what the fuck? I probably, I don't know what I would do, honestly. Well, I'll tell you what she does. He tries Seven? to run. No, he tries to run. And she's like, what the fuck are you? She probably thinks it's a teenage boy or like or a like kid. Or like a prank pre-teen, or yeah. yeah. And so she grabs him by the wrist and wrestles him down to the floor and calls the cops. She's like. She's like, uh-uh. Grabs him by the ear and takes she, him to the yeah, principal's yeah. office. That's exactly what it was. So they, the police come and they charge him with an attempted rape because oh. he didn't, you know, he obviously he's not like, I wasn't going to like rape her. I was just going to slice a piece off. He I just, just want to take like, a bite yeah, of her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, sure. But since his family's rich. She should have, he should have said he broke in to like rob. Yeah. Is that what, I mean, I assume that's the last penalty. Any, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, know the laws in Japan, but like. Well, I don't even know here, like honestly. And I don't know if a, uh, an umbrella counts as like a deadly weapon, so. You know, I mean, I don't know. Probably not. But what would the um, umbrella have to do with the rape either? Yeah. Unless it was like a weird... Weird. Um, since his family's rich, though, his dad bribes the German woman with, like, oh, cash money. Sweet dad. And she drops the charges and takes the money, and that's that. So they... At this it point... It would be good money, because, I mean, to be fair, he didn't do anything to her, but, like, that was yeah, kind of traumatic. 100%. I don't know if I'd be okay with being bribed, but, I mean, if it was good money and he was just... Yeah. It's like I whatever your situation I... is, yeah. you know. But to be fair, his parents at this point do send him to a psychologist mm. or psychiatric. Psychiatric. Well, did he tell them, like, I did go in there for to bite her? Uh, yes. Because okay, well, then I would be like, he, really I think the psychi- why can't I say Psychi- Psychiatrist? Psychiatrist. I, sp- I don't know if I spelled it weird or what, but the psychiatrist, he, like, learns everything. And he... Um, Tell, he goes back to the parents and says, like, he's a sexual psychopath and extremely dangerous, and I recommend treatment. And then they were like, cool, mm. thanks for letting us know. Peace. And that's all they did. Yeah. So now they know, but they might think they're being extreme, but... Yeah. It's just, like, dishonor and, like, mm. embarrassment. That is true. So in 1977, at the age of 27, Sagawa moves to France to pursue a PhD in comparative literature at the Sorbonne in Paris, which is, like the most prestigious well, university. and probably more white women mm-hmm. there. So now he's literally just surrounded by white women, which is the object of his fantasies. Um, so I don't think that's going to go well. So two years later, there's this American actress, Jean uh, Seberg, who commits suicide in her car in Paris, which I guess is actually very close to his apartment. And I looked up where he lived. He was living in the 16th Arrondissement, which is... Just southwest of the Eiffel Tower, he was like only a ten-minute drive from the Eiffel Tower, um, and she kills herself. And he somehow takes that as a sign that he should start acting out his fantasies. I don't so know how that relates, but that? yeah. So I guess he didn't technically <laughs> kill her. 
Yeah, he but just still. was like, no, I know. But it is illegal to, like, mess with a person's body, too. Yeah. Well, I don't know about in France, but... Yeah, so... Um, so he said while he was residing in Paris, almost every night I would bring home a prostitute and then try to shoot them, but for some reason my fingers froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger. Probably because it's wrong. <laughs> I feel like he subconsciously knows it's wrong. Yeah. It's just he can't, like, get over this urge. This urge. So then he meets this girl named Renee Hardvelt. She's 25, a Dutch student, also studying at the Sorbonne in Paris, and he immediately becomes obsessed with her. Like, one of the first things he does is, like, sneakily draws a portrait of her. Like, sketched it out. And he's like, this is the girl. Whatever. And she, he knows, like, she's going to be the one I kill. Does he think that this will go away once he... I don't know. Gets the satisfaction? No, I don't know if he... I don't know. Because hmm. I feel like once you have that taste, it's like... Well, I feel like he's been fighting with this for a long time. So I don't yeah. feel like it's just going to go away. So, sh- they're classmates. And she feels bad for him and empathized with him about being alone in, a, like, a foreign place. Totally me. Well, yeah. they were both in a foreign place, technically. Yeah, She's so she Dutch. was, like, you She know, kind of felt yeah, for Yeah, she felt for him. She empathized with him. And she knew he was kind of a loner. So she, her friends decide to go out for dinner one night. And she invites him along. And is like, hey, come have dinner with us. That's so and nice, though. I know. Like, such a genuine person. Because that's, like, something I would do. I do not like people being, like, lonely. Yeah. <laughs> And so he comes along, they chat, like, she includes him. It overall seems like they had a great night, whatever. Um, and so she apparently wrote her parents about this dinner, like, when she wrote them a letter. I was like, yeah, we went out for dinner. I invited this um, man along. He's from Japan. He's 4'9". I don't know if she said he's 4'9". But, like, she was like, we had a great time, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So she's very genuine. And a few weeks later, he invites her over to assist with translating German poetry because she's Dutch and she speaks fluent fluent German. And why were they translating German poetry? I don't know. Like it's the Sorbonne. I know. I was like, is this the class? I mean, it's not that shocking. It's a nice school. You. Went. I think he made it up because there he was getting his PhD and she was only twenty five. Mm-hmm. So I think so she was a little more like willing she to help. Is, yeah, and she, she doesn't think, know what he's doing. Yeah, he, she could be like getting her master's for all we know. Like they were in different classes, and he said, "Oh, I know you speak German, and I have to translate this. Would you help?" And you never know; there could be a paper that just had something. Yeah. So on June 10th, um, I think this is 81. She goes over to his apartment for the first time, um, but something happens. They no one says what it. I don't think anyone knows what it was because she dies very shortly after. Um, but he writes her a letter the next day asking her to come over again, and apologizes for the previous night. And she agrees, and she goes over the next night. Well, obviously, it wasn't something that weird. If she yeah, I think she's that. unintimidated. But she was five ten. Holy and he's cow! That's four, pretty tall. Nine. For yeah. Women. Yeah. And so, like, that's like for, supermodel. Yeah, and like for her, she's probably not intimidated by him. She just thinks he's a socially awkward guy, mm-hmm. you know. So, June eleventh, she returns to his apartment, um, thinking nothing of the night before, and she. Well, he, but he apologized for, for something. something. I think maybe acting weird. He, I'm not really sure. I don't know. That's weird. I would like more information, but okay. Yeah, I know he signed off his letter saying, "I really need the help with this. This will be the last time." Something like that. So I don't know what happened. No one mentioned what happened. And I'm curious, but I don't know. So if anybody knows that's listening, you yeah, can tell, tell us. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> Although you might not know because I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. 
Um, so she goes over there. She takes a seat at his desk, which is against the wall. Mm-hmm. So her back is to the room. Okay. And um, the he is like, he put the poem out on the desk, and it's a German poem about cannibalism that he had handpicked. Okay, that's weird. So, like, he's like, I'm going to be symbolic about this. I'm yeah, like, he wants to be, like, <laughs> like, he wants to be extra smart and sneaky. Yeah. So, at this point, he walks up behind her and shoots her in the back of the head uh, with a gun that had a silencer on it. So, he killed her. Um, and he... That's what I feel. I just feel like that's very sad. Yeah. He selected her for her health and beauty characteristics he felt he lacked. Um... After... Well, that could be why he likes the beautiful woman, too. Yeah. Also, though, I feel like, why didn't he hesitate with her? He was hesitating with other people. I think he just, like, knew, like, he was so obsessed with her, like, he was in love with her, and he was like, she's the one. And then she was nice to him, and it, like, the fantasy grew even more. But you, but his compassion didn't, obviously. No. Or empathy, or whatever. That's so weird. I know. So, after he kills her, he, like, immediately faints. I mean, it takes a lot out of you. (laughs) Yeah. So when he wakes up, he has sex with her corpse. Oh, God. I know. He attempts to cannibalize her by, like, biting into her. Um, He couldn't bite through the skin, though, because his teeth weren't sharp enough. So then he leaves his apartment to go purchase a butcher knife. He didn't have any knives? No. So over the next two days, he, like, cut, cut, cooked, and ate various parts of her body. Um, Most... Mostly, like, her breast, face, buttocks, and other parts, like, he put in his refrigerator. He also... Yeah. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, it's rotting. That's disgusting. Uh, He also took photographs of her at each stage as he was eating and, like, cutting and stuff. Like, as he butchered her? Yes. Like, or cut her and then Mm -hmm. cooked her? And there was also a tape recorder with the actual, like, murder on it that he was recording. Um, I feel like that's weird that he recorded that because, I mean, he wasn't really all that no. great. Um, and also, after he had sex with her, he said, I love you in French. And then he felt, he was like, in this interview, he's like, I said, I love her in French. And then I felt a huge shiver. <laughs> so he thought they got married or something. Yeah. He no. felt like a connection. Yeah, just I there. guess. Um, he's also said he didn't realize when you cut into someone that it's not immediately like red meat, there's like a layer of fat and tissue and I mean, like, I wouldn't know either, honestly. Yeah. I but know. I feel like if you're obsessing over something since first grade, maybe do a little research before yeah, you, you think you, you would see like slash well I guess not those aren't the greatest representation, but Yeah. You think um, you would have some inclination to look at this up. So then at this point in the documentary I watched, he's like talking about everything in English. But when he gets to the actual crime, he asks to talk about it in ja- he asks to talk about it in Japanese so he can give more detail. Oh, because he knows, and he wants more. to like, yeah, he wants to tell people about this. Um, <clears throat> so he says his personality was swallowed up by his cannibalistic obsession, and that's why he did it, pretty much. And then he says two days later, he took a cab to this park called Bois de Boulogne, which is just a public park in Paris with a big lake in it. Um, and it's really close to his apartment. It's like, you know, walking mm-hmm. distance. So he takes a cab. And um, it just seems like it's pretty popular and busy. So I'm not really sure why he thought that would be a good idea. So he puts her dismembered body in two suitcases, like huge suitcases, and is planning on throwing the suitcases into the lake. In public. And not even weighing them down. They'll float to the top. I don't yeah. want to tell you guys to, like, weigh down bodies, but, like, come on. Again, he <laughs> has had this, like, 
fantasy. He's he thought enough to do like a poem about cannibalism. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, he how can I about, get rid of this body? He doesn't know how to cut the body parts off. He faints when he shoots her. Mm-hmm. I mean, and shooting isn't the most traumatic. Yeah, he just the, the more traumatic that happened was just like what he did to her after. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, one hundred percent. So he has these two suitcases, and he's like, "I'm gonna go throw her in the lake." There's a restaurant on the lake, like lakeside. Oh gosh! <laughs> and so these people are just like watching this little man lugged down. Again, because I bet the suitcases were big and he's yeah, small. smaller. And there's a bunch of people in this park and at that restaurant specifically there's like what is he doing and he's just lugging these suitcases down to like do you at least wear his frankenstein mask <laughs> Gosh. um but he gets tired so he like stops near the edge <laughs> then he takes a little nap on a bench this is not real <laughs> when he wakes up he sees an old man open one of the suitcases and then when he sees what's inside he starts screaming uh, yeah, and like freaking out so. And Sagawa just, like, calmly walks away. He's like, oh, that's mine. Gotta go. Bye. That's my cue to leave. Yeah. And he's not even that far from his house, no. so... And I think maybe the... I don't know if the suitcases was, like, bleeding through or, like, what. I don't know well, if the old man older. was just like, what's this? Well, and I wonder if it's older, too. Well, he probably was. Who knows? Yeah, Who knows know. what he's doing? But he was like, what is this? I wish I never opened that. Um, so... Basically, there are all these witnesses who say a small Japanese man exited a cab and hauled down two suitcases. So, Which, how common is that in Paris at this time in the 80s? Yeah, I don't know. Especially, well, I don't Well, know. what happens is there's a detective, Oliver Full. He's in charge of the case, and um, he says, like, the sight of these this was, like, appalling. And he says, what was striking was that someone had removed flesh from parts of the body. It was obvious, and that puzzled us. Like, they didn't know why, because that's... Okay, you don't Campbell. immediately go to cannibalism. If there's parts missing? I mean, I guess. Like, if you slice something off, yeah. So they, Well, they, I guess you've noticed it more like bite marks or something. Yeah. Um, so they ordered an autopsy and deduced that she was shot in the back of the head, but the face was so badly mutilated, I think, from the shot, that... Um, and also, like, he ate part Parts of her face. Of her, yeah. um, it was so badly mutilated, they couldn't identify her. And all they knew that she was a woman in her 20s. What about her teeth? Oh, this is the 80s. Yeah, and she's also, like, not from France. So I don't... Her dad yeah, but wouldn't her face to have, like... She didn't have any identification on her. She was, like, Oh, naked. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so during the autopsy, they also discovered that she had been sexually assaulted post-mortem. After police release a description, all they have is, like, a small Asian man. And, and a yeah, young white girl. Yes. And so they're like... Because they don't even know she's Dutch. She doesn't know. They don't know. Nothing. So all they know is what witnesses told them was that a small Asian man was walking down, hauling these suitcases down. And this cab driver saw that report on, like, the news or something. And he contacts police and he says he picked up a small Asian man on Rue de Erlanger and thought he, w- he was like... I assumed I was going to be taking him to the train station because he had two suitcases, but then he asked to be take, took in, took in? taken taken, to the park, and I thought that was weird. And I was like, oh. I mean, true. I'd be like, <laughs> why are you taking your luggage there? Yeah. So then less than 48 hours after the suitcases are discovered, police go to his apartment. And I was going to say, he picked you up. Yeah. <laughs> not good planning. Not Like, not to like... Criticize a murderer. Yeah, not even that. Like, not to like try and defend him and hope he gets away with it, but... Idiot. Yeah. Not to be like, I could do better. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But I could. Yeah. But I wouldn't do any of that, but okay. So they go to his apartment, and he's, like, walking out as they're walking in, and he immediately confesses. He, like, doesn't. He's not like, why are you here? Is there, like, you know, something? He's like, I I did it. Um, and so the French police say he never hid anything from them. He's never... not suave like Ted Bundy or anything. No, no. <laughs> he just, he's like, like it was me. Right away. <laughs> um, he never shows remorse. He was, like, proud of his crime, is what the French police officers say. That's how they felt. Um, when police entered the apartment, he had frozen human flesh in the freezer. He had cooked flesh plated, um, on his table. How much did he have le- like left? They said only produces, pieces. But like, well, they, he said that they said it was only pieces too. I mean, sheesh. I saw pictures of the table in the fridge, like in the documentary I watched. It was a lot. Like, for honestly, this murder or just all of it? For this murder. I feel like, like for the flesh and stuff, like there was a lot in there. I feel like a human, but well, she was 5'10", but still. Yeah. Um, so they show the table and everything, and he's got the flesh on paper plates, which I thought was really weird, because I guess I just thought... You would want to wash away the evidence? <laughs> but also, like, Hannibal Lecter, I felt like, was very sophisticated and suave, and like... Well, this guy is not Not nah. at all. <laughs> no. And so I'm like, you have been planning this meal for, like, years and years and years, He's, like, in his 30s at this point. Like, 20 years he's been, like, I want this so bad. And when he finally has it, he's eating it off paper plates. I don't know why that seems weird to me. Um, hmm. So, I think this is just, like, a testament for, like, how unprepared he was to actually do this. Like, he... But he shouldn't be. He's been doing... He's been, yes. Since he was, like, a child and, like, planning it for a while. Yeah, he's... I'm not... He's supposed to be very smart. I don't get it. I know, really. Um, when you said that, that he was going to be really smart, I'm like, oh, so this should play into it, because yeah, that always plays no. into, like... He didn't know he needed a knife. He didn't buy any, like, china or candlesticks. Like... Um, but they also find Renee's ID in his apartment, so they're able to identify her. Um, so they have all the physical evidence, eyewitness testimony, and then they have his confession. So, like, he's... Done, done. basically. Um... He says in an interview, I didn't want to kill, but I couldn't find any way to eat the girl's meat fresh, so I thought I had to kill. And well, that's not fresh either, though, Yeah, and he was like, the beautiful, erotic, and sexual girl, I decided to eat her up. I'm like, you got to stop sexualizing white women, and women in general. Mm-hmm. Like, But again, that ties into, like, he doesn't feel that way, so if he consumes it, mm-hmm. he could be it. Yeah. So what happens? If you magically turn sexy, you'll stop doing this? I don't know. Uh, I don't yeah, think that's you grow weird. and you're, like, good to go. Yeah, you hit 5'10 as a man and you're like, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm good now, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's not realistic. No. So he gets charged with this crime and is held in French prison. His father hires a pricey attorney, of course, and the French government ordered a psychological study of Sagawa. Um, the report determined that he was hung up about his height not self-assured, oversensitive, emotionally cold, and self-satisfied when talking about the actual murders. They took into account everything from his upbringing in Japan to his very public attempt of disposing the body. So they're like, why did he do it this way? Like, they really... Well, I feel like there's times he knows it's wrong, but then he also doesn't care. Yeah. Because, like, well, I didn't want to kill her, but and I thought he was. He's also very spoiled and, like... Yeah, that probably doesn't help. And, like... He got kind of out of it before. Yeah. So, like, I think he just kind of thinks, I'll get out of this. Well, it's like he thinks he has an excuse. Yeah. Like, I want to do this, and the only way I could do this is by killing her. Which 
it wasn't even like, oh, it's fresher, but like, how are you going to take chunks off of a human without killing them? Yeah. I mean, uh, you think people would volunteer, like, even then, they're more likely to volunteer blood for like vampirism than chunks of flesh. I did read something where like these two people like had this cannibalistic fetish. It was like on my, I have a daily um, crime calendar on my (laughs) desk at work, and this was one of them, and it was like, um, they had agreed that one guy would kill an, an I don't know if it was two men. I want to say it was, but no, I don't know. But like one man would kill another man and then he'd get to eat his flesh or whatever. And that was like a sexual fantasy for both of them. It was consensual. I don't, I don't know. I don't and get it. so that he did, he killed this man and ate his flesh. And when he got found out, he went to jail for it, even though it was consensual. And but how then, are you going to prove that? Did he yeah, have a contract? I have no idea. Even then, people are going to be like, you could have forced that. But then it said, like, he's now a vegetarian hmm. in prison. <laughs> I think it was a Turn Dutch person or a German person. I can't remember. But anyway. Do people find it weird that you have, like, true crime calendars and podcasts Oh, yeah. One time my books. boss was, like, our, like, CEO or someone high up was coming. And we had to go to this, like, lecture. And then we went back up to our desks and he caught like Christian and was like Sorella needs to take down the picture of Ted Bundy before Una comes up (laughs) (laughs) and I was like jokes on you I took it down already (laughs) what's funny is I told somebody we would probably be recording this and like what's it about like makeup or something because I mean I like makeup fair enough but I was also like no it's about true crime and they were like what I'm like like serial killers like that's weird (laughs) I was like like, I don't think it's that weird a lot of people talk about it though and I was like they're like, well, are you just interested? I'm like, a lot of people find it interesting because, like, why yeah. would they do that? You know, like, why does this guy do it? Like, what, his uncle played a game with him and now he thinks it's normal? Yeah, apparently. So, he does this, like, psychological exam. And then there's a judge, Jean-Louise Brugeret. Too bad they didn't look up that he actually had a psychological exam before. In Japan, yeah. Um, the judge says that... Anyone who premeditated murder and cannibalism could not be sane, so he says he's unfit to stand trial by reason of insanity. I mean, technically, he is yes. insane. I mean, let's be honest. Um, Renee's parents had never really talked about the crime to the media because they were probably pissed off about how, like, over-sensationalized it was. Like, mm-hmm. it was. Well, and like I said, when we were talking about the other, well, we didn't mention it in this one, but, like, this intro about John Bonet. Yeah. I was like, it's sad, but it's such a big deal. So like mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a little girl stuff. Or even like, the O.J. Simpson murder. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it was so. Yeah, and like the fact that O.J. is out. Well, it's like they kind of make it not like a joke, but like an entertainment. Thing yeah. When it was mm-hmm. something so traumatic. Where it should be like the victim should be honored. So I feel I feel bad for them because yeah. Well, no, I hope they didn't get the, all the details. Well, yeah. So like the parents never talked to the media, and the only thing they did is they were like they went to the j- government and was like we want a second medical opinion because we want him to go to trial and like they couldn't well so they they only knew that he was shot she was shot i don't know and then then i think they did know everything well you said the medical examiner said that they knew that he was shot she was shot and then when they found flesh yeah he was and they didn't know about the sex with the corpse they did in the autopsy they could see that yeah that's well i figured they could see it but they never yeah um so his lawyer said this was a difficult case because cannibalism is so taboo and it's not a situation he ever really had to, like... He didn't train for this, defending a cannibal. Um, I feel like defenders, especially if you know they did it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, yeah. I don't think I could. Yeah. Like, if I knew they did it, 
And if if it was something heinous like that, Mm -hmm. no. Well, he gets ordered to be detained in a French asylum indefinitely. Like, that's the judge ruling. You're not going to go to prison, but you're going to go to this asylum. And Well, I feel like the one guy who did it in Japan should have had more, like, pull when he was like, this guy is dangerous. Yeah, it was like he... Isn't there something you I'll can do? I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> because I think both the French and Japanese governments failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. This guy. Um, so his fancy attorney files an appeal. Um, something along the lines of it's unfair that Sagawa has to be held in France and that French taxpayers are paying for his treatment. He should be sent back to Japan. But he committed the crime in France. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Just, so, I mean, there, I understand there's more to it, but like... He's saying, I want him to go back to Japan so he can be re- rehabilitated, treated and rehabilitated in Really, Japan. you did great sending him off to France and letting him this happen. Yeah. So so the French government agrees. And then... 30, Pushovers! <laughs> literally. I would be like, nah, he's They mine. surrendered. Typical French. Gosh. So, 34 months after the murder, th- less than three years, mm-hmm. he's sent back to Japan and told he's never left. They're like, on the condition that you never come back to France. Okay, well, what about every other country connected? Literally. And like, he has money. That should be taken into account, too. He has money, so he can, like, go places. Yeah, and he does, so... He's supposedly educated. Yeah, he returns to Japan, and he's tech Technically, he can go home, because he's... They didn't say anything about he had to go to an institution. No. Do they have institutions? I mean, yeah. I don't know enough about... They do, but... So, technically, he's not under arrest in Japan. He's not... Um, he doesn't have to go to an institution. But his dad but, said it would be... Uh, there would be a media attack on the family if he were to get off that plane and go home. Saying, like, he, well, yeah. Yeah, I think he so. needs to go to an asylum so people think he's being treated and da-da-da-da-da. Well, since so that was your end of the bargain, you should have to do it, first of all. And yes. Speaking of shame, if you want to be like, oh, my son just killed someone, but it's okay, I think that would bring shame yeah. to me. So he sends him to this hospital called Mats- Matsuwawa. I didn't say that right. Um, and he stays there for a while. So here, psychologists all declare him to be sane and say... What? <laughs> they declared him insane in Japan and in France, and now that he's back in Japan, they're like, no, he's fine. Yeah, they say his um, sexual perversion was his sole motivation for murder. Well, so his father is forced to resign from his high-powered job, his mother attempts suicide, and his brother develops stress-related asthma, all because of this. And he says, I'm full of regret for my victim, her family, my parents, and my brother. Well, I do. I kind of feel for his family only because, like, I. Like but they we could saying, have done more. Like I was saying, they like we were saying the shame, but like, yeah, there yeah. should have been some. Like they should have taken it a little more seriously, if especially if he kept bringing it up. Yeah. So eighteen months after eighteen months after he's, after been, back. he's been back to Japan, I was going to ask you if that was the only murder, and this was getting toward the end because I was like, this would be great if they just. This is the him. only murder. Oh really? Yes, okay. but. 18 months after getting back to Japan on August 12th, 1968, he signs himself out of the hospital and pieces out. 1968? I thought we were in the 80s. What did I say? 68? 86. 86, okay. My little... I'm tired. So, because... So, he was in the hospital, signs himself out. Japan, due to the lack of evidence against... Like, there's no evidence against him in Japan. 
That's what I was saying. You know? He did it in France. So and I mean, because he was never charged in France, um, the court files, he never went to trial, so the court files are sealed. Or not, I guess not the court files, but the police files. Mm-hmm. Since he's never charged in France with this crime because he was found insane, the files are but sealed. But he was still sentenced to an asylum. Yeah, but so... I think it's different when you're found insane. Yeah, but I I'm not like entirely the sure. The records should still be there. They were sealed, and they were not released to Japanese authorities. So, consequently... So, France failed twice. Yeah, Sagawa could not legally be detained in Japan. So, he could sign himself out, which he did. Um, after a visit by the author Inukiko Yomata, Sagawa's account of his killing was published in Japan under the title In the Fog which was against the wishes of his family and Renee's. So I don't know how full of regret he actually is, like he said he was. Wait, um, so he wanted to do that? He does a biography. And he wants to do it. His family does not want him to do it. And then Renee's family does not want him to do it. Hmm. So, But he doesn't Sounds do really it. selfish. So obviously. the biography sells out in Japan, and he becomes this, like, celebrity is this a real book did you read it no i did not read it i don't think i could he's like this macabre celebrity i saw pictures it's like there's illustrations um so drew i don't know he kills a woman has sex with her corpse mutilated and ate a corpse then tried to dispose of the remains and he never stood trial for these crimes how stupid is that he never stood trial for any of this so then he's just kind of like back in japan and then three years later this Japanese guy goes this random he goes on a murder rampage or like a murder spree and the media reaches out to Segawa to get his opinion on the situation because like I think he's just such an a expert. great yeah but he's yeah. so great at it and from here on out he is a celebrity and he writes columns. that's embarrassing I don't like <laughs> yeah I don't like that one bit no he writes columns in newspapers publishes 19 more books about himself his crimes cannibalism Etc. Um, yeah, appears... epic fail. Epic fail for Japan and France. This is Literally. the worst thing I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he appears on television shows and even goes around doing lectures at like universities. People talk about how bad it was to Ted Ted Nugent. I almost said <laughs> Ted Nugent. Yeah, Ted fucking Bu- too. Ted Bundy. Um, how everybody's like, it's weird because people thought he was cute. Okay, well that I feel like this is, guy became a celebrity. This guy was cannibal. actually a celebrity from this. Yes. That's insane to me. Um, he basically appears in every form of media. I hope everybody who's ever witnessed this human, like, has, like... Bad not, karma. A terrible karma, because it's like, imagine if that was your daughter. Oh. Or your sister. I can't put myself in their shoes at all. I, I think... I like, would go I, to Japan and kill him. Yeah, I think I'd, like, find the mob. Like, they're Dutch. Well, I don't know if that is. <laughs> they're Dutch. <laughs> but I would, like, find... The Dutch mob. The Dutch, I don't even know if they have a Dutch mob, but, like... I find somebody, somebody, <laughs> like I would take care of him. Like, that's it. Yeah. Not so to then, like hint that if my kid ever be killed. Yeah. They're going to come looking. <laughs> they're going to come looking for me because they're like, she's going to kill them. Um, then you're going to really hate this. I am. I already, <laughs> I'm hot. <laughs> I'm so fuming. He starts starring in pornography. I hate him with everything <laughs> in me. Most of which involves him being beat up by white women. Good. I hope they actually kill him. Yeah. And there's one where he's in a relationship with a Dutch woman, and they go to, like, a Dutch theme park. He's he's just making money off of this. Um, he claims he has no desires to murder anyone, but he still does have the fantasy of cannibalizing a woman. 
One professor said that because he killed a white woman, the crime wasn't really seen for what it was, essentially, at the time in Japan. When you, I kind of said this earlier, you weren't seeing white women in in person. (laughs) Um, And so it was just kind of like something you saw on a screen and you couldn't, you didn't equate that to a real human being. You equated that to an object, a market. But that's why I think that they should have handled it in France though too, because it happened there. Like there was people, like that old man saw it, like people witnessed. Yeah. It affected them. It was like they could care less in Japan. Yeah. That culture, which they should since it's shameful. Yeah. He basically, the professor basically said like they couldn't equate her to a real person because they had no experience with Western women and that essentially he becomes like this anti-hero. Yeah, but even 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 if it wasn't toward a white woman, I think I still would feel like but that could have been somebody your, in your yeah. life. That could have been your friend. Anybody. And she was his friend. That's and, what is so disgusting about yes. it. Yeah. Too. Not that's not what's so disgusting it's about just, it, but that did not help. <laughs> yeah. So in 2009, he doesn't, I said, he does the interview with Vice and he says he would love to be killed by a beautiful woman or drown in female saliva. And I guess. I hope the brawliest man (laughs) kills him. Kills him. Yeah. I hope who's the mountain, the biggest guy in the world. I I want some Some, brawly man to torture him. Yeah. And I guess the interview was like, the interviewer was like, um, he said something along the lines of. I think it's so funny that he could do porn because like. Not that this was ever really mentioned, but, like, he was socially awkward. So yes. I'm sure his first time was with that corpse. And oh. how are you going to be doing porn after that? I don't know. I did not watch any. <laughs> I mean. I did not. My research did not extend that far. I just feel um, like that does not seem realistic at all. But the interview in Vice, the guy who was asking the questions was like, I'm just going to plow through these questions because I want to get the fuck out of here. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think I could be in the same room with him. No. Like, certain people... Okay, I don't know if that's true. But, like, some people I do find more intriguing. Mm-hmm. I think I could interview them. But this yeah. person, yeah. I yeah. was kind of like the Dutch girl. I kind of feel for you, but then you're this a little guy, piece of like, shit. This guy, like, he so. profited off of his crime. He did not... The thing is, like, when you watch Mindhunter and stuff and, like, Criminal Minds, they're interviewing could you them imagine in jail. Some, yeah, could you imagine if somebody like Ted Bundy profited off? Like, people have made documentaries and books or whatever. And yeah. They, but, like, could you imagine if he, like full-on profited from this and or yeah well. well there's like the adams law in florida that you're you cannot profit off your crime yeah i feel like that you should not be should able be a, to yeah that'd be like every serial killer or a rapist or you know like drug you should lord. not like school shooters he, school shooters human traffickers like you don't get to fuck up and be a terrible human being yeah. And then make money from being a terrible human being? Well, no. me and my mom were talking about how, like, people make deals, too. And sometimes they're the shitty person and they get off scot-free. I'm like, no. I think there should be, like, an extent. Like, if you are, like, if you're the head of, like, a sex trafficking ring and you turn into people working for you, you they shouldn't be able to be like, thanks. See Here's ya. a lighter sentence. Or here's... Yeah, it's know. like, no, we know that you did yes. more. You were, like, the, whatever, the brain you behind should be it. should punished. Um, so... One kind of nice thing is that he had to pay off his family's debts after his dad lost his job. I don't care about his family debts. <laughs> so he doesn't have any money. Good. And he's living in state-sponsored housing. Um, he apparently has girlfriends of European descent. He was, like, showing pictures in this documentary. This is kind of like those groupies. Yes. They, like, follow yes. serial clothes, he, They're, like, his sugar like... babies. But he doesn't have any no money because he's broke, so he went into bankruptcy. But there are certain people that, like, are attracted to, like, bad Yes, men. I do not get it. Yeah. Um, There's a 
difference between a bad boy bad and like boy, a bad man? Yes, and like a terrible yeah. human Cause being. Because he's imagining eating you. Yes. And it, can he even have sex with you before you're dead? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, because he gets porn, <laughs> but. Um, so he's living in Japan under a false name. He gets to walk free, uh, whereas Renee had her life cut short because she was trying to help a lonely classmate. Um, he's I just, no. <laughs> he is under no medical or legal um, supervision by the Japanese government. And when they did this interview or this documentary, he had not been checked up on by the government in decades. And he had not seen a psychologist in so 10 years. So for all we know, he actually could just be consumed. They even this. said that like, got better. That he was showing pictures of the white women and he was like, we don't, the documentary voiceover is like, we did not have their names. We could not verify. But they're still they're, alive. They're, 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 like, we don't know. And that was that. And I was like, that gave me chills. I was like, God. So. That's so, like, that is a real epic fail. Like, <clears throat> at the end, he says, whenever he sees a beautiful girl's legs, he wants to eat them. And then he says, so I'm not cured at all. Um, like, obviously, you're not getting treatment. You're not going and talking to people. And, like. Literally taking, nothing happened like, to him to make him yeah, he's like, cured. I'm not cured. And I'm like, yeah, no you're not medication, doing anything. No therapy, no jail time. Nothing. Nothing happened, even though your stupid country just said. Have fun. Maybe it was his lawyer. but His either. lawyer, I felt like that's moral. It's immoral for what that lawyer did. I, yeah, he should be in trouble. I feel like his parents, the psychiatrist. And the cops, they were like, we were so mad. Like, we, you know, we had to witness I, That's this. why I'm surprised that France gave up so quickly. And I was like, nah. We had to tell right. their parents what happened, and then yeah. that ha- like I like it's almost like when you expedite is that the right word uh-huh. like criminals and stuff like that. People have certain opinions on that, and I'm like, I kind of get like extradite, extradite. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I kind of get that. That I'm like, if you did the crime there, I kind of feel like yeah. you should be owed to that community. Mm-hmm. So he says he's not attracted to white women anymore. Um, and he says he hates white women, I think. Couldn't really understand him, but I think that's what he said. And then he says he's attracted to Japanese women now. I don't believe you for one second. And also, if he's attracted to Japanese women, worst place to live is Japan. So you are he facing temptation every time you go outside. Yeah, he's almost like an alcoholic that walks into different bars all the time. Yes. Because he's stupid. Um, he says he never wants to kill again, but the urge to eat human flesh is still present. And even though he hasn't been checked up on by the Japanese government in decades, um, and the only medication he receives is an antidepressant, he says he's not going to kill anybody again. And that's his story. That's that. <laughs> so basically, next time we find a serial killer, we can be like, are you going to kill again? They'll be like, no. no. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Like, it's frustrating because like, there's a cannibal alive now who's walking around Japan. Is he alive? He's alive. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Julie's plant like looking at like, flights where, to Japan. I'm like, where is the mobsters here? And like, it's unfair to the people of Japan that they're he's living under a that's embarrassing a name, like a different name, and so his neighbor doesn't know who he is because his celebrity has faded over time. Is that where Cody is? No, he's in China. China. Becca was just in Japan. Well, she could have been cannibalized. Oh, yeah. White woman. She got the good thighs, too. She does. So, Becca, you better watch out. And that's the I'm story of Isawa Sagawa. I was probably really loud because I have, it's like, a strange voice. Yeah. <laughs> you have an alpha voice. 
Yeah, um, I'm just loud in general, but I'm also straining my voice because yeah. it's trying it's to It's just go like away. that's one of the few ones where it's like there's zero repercussions. Plus, I keep leaning in because I'm just so annoyed, annoyed by everything that has. So I'm like screaming at the computer, basically. Yeah. Well, that's the episode. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for joining. And I hope um, you're as angry as I am because I am very angry and I don't <laughs> want to feel this alone. <laughs> no, I, well, I was pretty mad when I was watching this. And he's like, I'll show you a picture of him when we uh, end this, but I hate uh, him. Yeah, 4 9. That's like a brown snooky site. <laughs> she's like 4 8 or 4 9. Really? I think she's 4 because they talked about that one time. Mm. I don't remember. It's been a long he's, time. He's a snooky sized cannibal. I can't, I can't believe it. I know. I can't believe what a failure. They talk about our system being a failure. But, like, a lot of countries have the same issues that we have, honestly. Well, they talk about it. I think ours is just more in your face, because... The one we were talking, I was saying how they had, like, machismo in Mm -hmm. certain cultures. They were saying how it's, like, a U.S. issue, but we're the ones who, they were, like, we're the ones who, like acknowledge it kind of i think some places are starting because all the like child killers a lot of them are like uk london yeah and also like russian men are very like machismo yeah so i think that yeah it's a universal problem and we're just more i think in your face about it that's just kind of how americans are a little bit but i'm not gonna say our judicial system doesn't fail but this was i think we would i I think I would be embarrassed if I were living in Japan or France right now. Yeah. I don't know if I would ever want to visit them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already been to France, so. Live that. And yeah. now I'm over it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, hi, Mom. Do you want to say hi to anyone? Plug your YouTube channel. You don't have one. Yeah, I don't really have one. <laughs> Plus, I don't know really anybody that would listen to this except the people you know. Yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, bye. Thank <laughs> you.